Welcome to Marissa's Wicked Word Nosh, a place to chow down on topics relevant to writers of all kinds. Hello, and welcome to Marissa's Wicked Word Nosh. I'm your host, Marissa Dele Farfalle. And we're coming up on the holidays, people. So before I go into today's topic, I want to wish you a happy holiday season, whatever and however you celebrate. So if you're going to any big parties, have a blast and be safe. Please be safe. And hey, if your idea of celebrating is ordering Chinese food and sitting on your couch binging Netflix, that's perfectly all right, too. Enjoy. Anyway, I've been watching The Leftovers on HBO Go for some time now. I haven't exactly been binging it. It's more like I'll watch a few episodes at a time, and then I'll take a few days before returning to watch more because there's a lot to unpack in any given episode. I haven't read the book by Tom Parada. I do like Tom Parada's writing, but that's one by him that I haven't read yet. So um, I probably will read it at some point. I have gone and read the book after watching a TV show or a movie before. I know you're not supposed to. I know people say the book is always better, but I've been known to do that if I like something. Um, so I'm not going to attempt to analyze the leftovers here because I, I don't feel I can. I love to discuss the show and possibly the book once I read it in a different forum at a different time. So if you're up to it, I don't know, send me an email or DM me on Twitter and we'll, we'll, we'll dissect the leftovers. But this particular podcast episode is inspired by part of an episode from season two. So if you haven't seen the leftovers in season one, Lori, who's played by Amy Brenneman, is in a cult called the Guilty Remnant. The purpose of this cult is to remind people of this global event that happened three years before. And the cult members don't speak. They communicate by writing what they have to say on pads with Sharpies. And when there's like a, when, when there's something that they perceive as a threat, they'll blow a whistle, but they don't talk. They dress all in white. They chain smoke and they stand outside people's houses staring at them and making these people really mad. There are branches of the remnant all over the country and wherever they are, they're just widely hated. At the beginning of season two, we see that Lori's left the group and she has a support group for ex-cult members and she, she's talking now and they're talking. She's also writing a memoir about her experience with the Remnant. Her support group meets in a commercial building, but, you know, 
when they left to join this cult, um, I guess these cult members, um, they feel they can't go back to their families yet, or maybe their families don't want them. So a few of them are staying where the group holds their meetings. The building landlord finds out about this and he tells Lori, you know, this is a commercial building. If you're going to have people sleeping here, I'm going to have to raise your rent. And when she can't pay it, he evicts them. So he throws all of their stuff out onto the street and Lori can't find her laptop. And guess what, people? The only copy of her work in progress is on said laptop. So understandably, she's frantic. She goes to the landlord and begs him to give her back her laptop or even to keep it and just let her take that one file with the manuscript off of it. And he denies he has it. But she doesn't believe him. So she sneaks into his house one night, sees his young son using a laptop, and she runs into the kid's room, snatches it out of his hands, runs back downstairs, and drives away, feeling kind of like a badass. Now, something similar happens in, se in the season three premiere, at least the, the one copy in the world of this manuscript thing. The minister, Matt Jameson, has only one draft of a book that he wrote about the show's protagonist, Kevin Garvey. This one's handwritten, but I didn't find that incident as compelling as Lori's situation. Now, I haven't finished the show yet. Um, it's quite possible that Matt's manuscript might reappear in one of the last few episodes. So, you know, I'm definitely interested in seeing that. But I really found the Lori incident actually both scary and fun to watch. So after I watched that episode, uh, and the whole episode is not fun. I mean, something tragic happens later on, beyond tragic, but that one scene in when she, when she runs into the house and grabs the computer away from the kid, that, that, that's really entertaining. So this episode made me think about the whole writer only has one copy of his or her masterpiece in progress. And it sure makes for great drama. But come on. No one does that in real life, right? I mean, at least not in this day and age. I remember one assistant director for a play I was in once laughing about Hedda Gobbler, saying how no one's that dense to not have a backup copy of their manuscript. It always seemed to me like one of the writer's nightmares, but that's it. Just a nightmare that we can thankfully wake up from, right? And then I started to reflect on my own backup habits. And I got to thinking that although it seems unlikely that the majority of us wouldn't back up their works in progress at all, we may be more lackadaisical about keeping our backup copies updated. And we may not be storing our backups in the best places. So maybe we shouldn't look at Lori 
or had a gobbler's husband Jurgen smugly and think, oh, that can't happen to me. Maybe we should see these examples as opportunities to improve how we back up our works in progress. I personally don't believe one backup copy is enough. Not anymore. But for years, my only backup copy was on a thumb drive. A few months ago, I lost that thumb drive. And I was flipping out. I thought I lost it in my room where I usually do my writing. So I ripped the sheets off my bed, looked under all the furniture, tore up my closet, and I couldn't find it. That is, I couldn't find it until the following night when I saw it just sitting in plain view between two pieces of furniture in my living room. To this day, I have no idea how it got out there. And it's a good thing my dog didn't need it. I mean, you know how small a thumb drive is. I was so glad I found it, but I had a good scare. One that I don't wanna have again, ever. So for this episode, I did a little research online, um, trying to find some advice for the best way to back up your work in progress. And I found a really good article online. I'm going to be posting a link to it in the show notes, and I'm not going to be reading the whole thing. I'm just going to take some excerpts out of it. But it's called Be a Good File Manager to Protect Your Manuscript. It was written by Derek Haynes. And he gears this toward those of us who are using Microsoft Word or a similar word processor. And what he says is you can't just, when you finish writing for the day, hit save. It's not going to work. Um, in addition to losing your laptop or using losing your thumb drive, you could accidentally overwrite your work in progress. You could move or delete files. Your hard drive could crash. So you need to have a reliable way to back up your manuscript. His first suggestion is to save one master file and individual chapter files. And that's one I haven't tried yet. Um, he gives some steps on how to do that. So that's one that you might want to consider looking at. His second suggestion is to save a copy of your folder and file somewhere else. He does mention thumb drives or SD cards, but he also suggests using a free version of cloud drive services such as Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive, or iCloud Drive if you're using a Mac. Um, I've been using Google Drive for some time now. Um, in addition to the thumb drive, I am still using my thumb drive. It's just, just a habit. And like I said earlier, I don't think one backup copy is enough. But I like Google Drive because in addition to having that second copy in a location that I think is pretty secure, I'm trying to go paperless 
for my writers group meetings. So instead of printing out what I'm going to read for the day, I upload the latest copy of my manuscript into Google Drive. And then I bring a tablet to the meeting. And when I get there, I just download the copy of my manuscript from Google Drive and I just read it off of my tablet. So it's definitely handy. So that that's the suggestion I would recommend, um, being that I'm using that regularly now. His third suggestion is to keep a versions file of your main manuscript. So basically what you're doing here is creating a timeline, which again, in addition to having a backup copy that's reliable, it's also helpful because this way you can see the uh, changes in your manuscript and how it's progressed over time, which I think can be very helpful. And then his fourth suggestion is to be systematic as you write your book. So in other words, have a system in place and follow that system each time you update your manuscript. He suggests using save as instead of save, which is another thing that I always do. Um, he says using save as instead of save is the best way to protect your versions as it creates a new file, but your main manuscript file will remain intact and unchanged. So definitely do save as, don't do save. It's just not a good idea. He also says you should never move files, transfer files, or share files without creating a new version with save as. So yeah. And at the end of this article, he even suggests some other ways in addition to Microsoft Word um, that you can use to write your books. So he suggests some free and inexpensive book writing software programs. I haven't checked any of these out, but I just may do that. And um, there's, there's going to be a link in the article, so you can do that as well. So I hope you check this article out. I hope you got something from it and from this episode as well. And if you find something from this article or from this podcast that works for you, please let me know about it. And also, if you have a story about losing your only copy of your work in progress and you don't mind sharing it, please let me know about it. Send it to me via email or on Twitter. And if you, if you don't mind me sharing it, I will definitely ask you if you mind me sharing it. But if you don't, I think it's something we can all benefit from because, again, I'm going to stress this. Let's not fall back on our laurels and say, oh, that can't happen to me because you never know. It, it's the writer's nightmare, not because we can wake up from it, but because maybe it can happen to us easier than we think. So whatever you're writing, however much you're writing, back it up and then back it up again. Don't be that writer. And I don't want you to lose your stuff. 
I want you to publish it. I want you to get it out there to the world. So I'm going to say it a third time. Back it up. And have a blast. Peace.